0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1066, air date May 25th, 2022. Good evening, everyone. I'm sorry I was a little late. I wanted to do this at 6.15. But uh, let me just jump actually it's six, let me just jump right in. And uh, we have a very, very, uh, hopefully a good uh, uh, discussion here for all of you to really understand what really happened with this baby formula, quote unquote shortage. Um, and in this conversation, I'm not going to talk about whether people should do breast milk or baby formula. It's a whole nother discussion. What I really want to open everyone's eyes to, um, that this discussion is going to share it. A, a it's, it's a great example to really talk about why we need more people, whether it's in governance or whether it's in politics or whether it's everyday citizens, to really understand the complexity of engineering systems. Okay, And what, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that, if you take any of the problems that we have in the world, you know, that are purported or not purported, be it stuff in banking systems or climate systems or, uh, you know, pandemic systems. And you go down the list of all the different issues that we've discussed and, you know, we've led the discussion on. This discussion with the baby uh, formula shortage is going to hopefully make it impress upon you and inform you that you can't be freaking taking these left and right, you know, pro and anti um, positions anymore, because you have one set of politicians on one side, another set of politicians on the other side, just dividing us. The problems we're talking about in today's world are very complex problems or complex systems. So what happens is you have a bunch of morons who have no skill set in addressing these problems, zero skill set. And then what they do is an everyday working people like you and I and others um, are out there working to basically make ends meet or build something or create something. And we don't, most of us don't have the time to get into the nuances. So we just trust one set of politicians or another. And what ends up happening is that what really happens is that nothing is ever getting solved. And what's actually getting solved is that one wing of the establishment has one solution, another wing has another solution. And then you have people coming across who hype up one set or diminish another set and nothing ever gets solved and this is why it becomes really really important that all of you really start embracing a systems approach otherwise you're frankly screwed because you're going to be in the pro side or the anti side or then you're going to come up with crazy conspiracy stuff and support people want to sell more pillows or other stuff right or don't want to sell pillows whatever you want to say that is but the bottom line is that this baby formula thing which i hope i can walk you through effectively because it's a complex problem. But it's going to really show you it's a it's a par exemplar way to show you that what we really have going on here is that you have both wings of the establishment have colluded together against everyday working people. Period. That's what you're going to see. Okay. You're going to also see how both wings of the establishment I've talked about this one wing claims that they want to help all the poor people and all the disenfranchised. Therefore, we need regulations, right, to control people, businesses. And what they end up doing out of that is actually creating monopolies. And both wings and then the other wing of the establishment on Wall Street profits from that. And in fact, both wings at the end of the day, they both buy stocks in these companies and they're both profiting. So, again, they work together to really create a bullshit narrative. And this happened in the banking systems area. If you think about Dodd-Frank, you had uh, screaming nut jobs like Elizabeth Warren running out there saying, oh my God, Um, you know, by the way, when the uh, banking systems had issues, and you can go look at this, right? Um, They said, oh, we need to regulate all the banks, okay? When most of the banks doing this were the small set of big banks, they were the ones who were really screwing around. The United States has 12,000 banks, They went and imposed these regulations to save you, to keep you safe. And whenever you hear politicians saying to keep you safe, understand what they're saying is they're going to come with regulations to create monopolies. So in the banking area, and I'm giving this as a data point so you'll see how this plays out here. So in the banking area, there were the few five or ten banks who were actually screwing over people. So the nut jobs like Elizabeth Warren Came and said, "We need to regulate them. We need more imposition. We need da 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 da." So they create all these banking rules, and what it did was it actually wiped out two to three thousand small banks who weren't doing anything. The same thing occurred when the auditing crisis took place. Right? Um, you had when the Enron scandal took place. Oh my God, we gotta, uh, you know, uh, do better audits. Well, my auditing fees as a small business went up, and many small businesses went out of business. And the big guys, they had enough money to pay for extra regulation. So that's what you're going to see here. I'm giving you a little preview that when we take a systems approach, you're going to see how the left and right wing colluded together. They created monopolies, both profited from that. And again, I'm not going to talk about here about whether the benefits of baby formula or not baby formula. That's a whole nother discussion, but ultimately screwed over lots and lots of working people who rely on this formula and we can, again, discuss the merits of that or not, but they do. And in fact, it's not only babies who rely on it. There's other people of have all sorts of other diseases who rely on it. And they created a, quote-unquote, a shortage because of this monopoly. And ultimately, what it shows you is that when you look at it from a systems approach, you will realize that this is nothing about a shortage. And you will see very shortly how... The left try to make it one kumbaya type thing, or we're gonna solve this. And then the right try to blame illegal immigrants as a problem, right? To rile up, you know, a sentiment on the right. And they let all of these big monopolies go scot-free. And that's what both wings of the establishment do. They work together so you as a working person never see the real problem and the real solution. And only a systems approach can do that. That's why I keep impressing. I had to play the little banner right here. That's why I keep telling all of you guys that you need to take, you know, the foundations of systems course. And it's not me pitching something. It's really to help, frankly, save you guys a lot of heartache so you can learn on your own how to look at the world from a systems perspective. So I hope all of you, you know, learn that. Go to vhuv.com slash join. I've made the course very accessible so you don't have to go to MIT. You can learn this stuff. But that's what I really wanna impress on you here. And uh, I wanna share a quick video because I think it's important that everyone here understand the reason that you take a systems approach. But anyway, those of you joining, uh, we're gonna have a real discussion of why the baby formula shortage really took place, what was a real reason. And um, those of you can go to vashiva.com join if you wanna learn more. But, and also, as I mentioned, as a vi- as little tickers there, please go take the Foundations of Systems course. I've given people scholarships because you'll be able to use this knowledge as what we call warrior scholars. Go to vashiva.com slash join. I've created an entire university online, a community, but I want to drive you to take the Foundations of Systems. Those of you um, can also, who who can't afford that or not ready even for a hundred bucks, just go get the book. Uh, The book is called um, A System and Revolution. It'll actually provide you a very nice way to learn what a system is, what is revolution, not from some political way, but from an engineering systems way, how we actually change the world uh, for a positive way with you guys doing it, Um, not with leaders, me or others or politicians, but you guys learning how to do it. So I hope you go do that. I'm gonna play a quick video and I'll be right back. But to those of you joining, we're gonna really do a systems analysis. And I encourage all of you to learn how to do a systems analysis, learn the science of systems. But I'm gonna play a quick video so, uh, which will give you a perspective on my journey to systems. And then we're gonna take a couple of breaks, but um, we're gonna come right back and I'm gonna give you a real introduction to the problem and, and just dive in deep. So, uh this video. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. V.A. Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education, community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to V.A. Shiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste, untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel, while in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently, at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There I investigated the system of sleep using mathematics, computer science and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical, paper-based inner-office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent, a system, which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30, 1982, I was awarded the first U.S. copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. Cytosol, a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper and safer. And to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food these innovations led me back on a fulbright to india where i discovered the missing link between eastern medicine and western systems theory honoring my grandmother to develop your body your system a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system and how the inputs of food supplements and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state and systems health an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems, the science of everything, be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, health. Now is the time for you to be the light, learn the science of systems, build community and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to V.A. Shiva. All right. So anyway, I want to, again, encourage all of you, if you're listening, you, you want to get the book, The System and Revolution, you can go get it. Uh, we've, by the way, we made this book absolutely free. For anyone, just cover shipping and handling. Go get it. It'll really teach you the science of systems. It took me about 50 years to put this book in a format that anyone can take advantage of it. Do that and take the course. So anyway, let's let's talk about uh, the baby formula uh, event and what's going on. All right. So as I mentioned, let me stop this ticker here. So I'll just have this going. Inside this and scroll. Okay. So I'll put the ticker for the people asking where to get it. So... Um, Anyway, let's talk about this, and let's begin with an introduction first. What um, was actually going on uh, with this baby formula? By the way, if you want to get an idea, this is uh, what's typically inside these baby formula, okay? It's got some carbohydrates, and this is typically the infant formula. It's got fat, uh, linoleic acid, it's got protein, it's got iron, and it's got other vitamins and minerals. And these baby formulas were created to mimic the breast milk. Obviously, they can't do it anywhere near nature. But those are the ingredient, sort of the, the 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 types that are in there: carbohydrates, fat, protein, iron, and other vitamins and minerals. Okay, we're not again going to do a cytosol analysis of any of this today. But that's we're going to go into the systems analysis, uh, a market systems analysis. Okay, so that's the the sort of the guts of what's in the baby form at a high level. Now. The baby formula first started disappearing from a store shelf, some of you may know, um, due to what they claimed were supply chain issues, and also a massive recall took place from the largest supplier in the country of baby formula, which is Abbott Laboratories. Some of you may know that Abbott Laboratories is, uh, I, when I first heard that Abbott was in the baby formula business, I was a little bit shocked, frankly, because um, I always knew them as a big pharma company. They do, they make a ton of money selling pharmaceutical drugs, right? And other types of, and in fact, the COVID kits, okay? So I was a little bit, uh, as I was watching this, what what were these guys doing in the baby formula business? How much was it? Now, the baby formula uh, uh, requires regular purchases. And why is that? Because the shelf life, you know, how long it lasts is very low and you have the frequency of use. So typically a mother, will spend about $18, just think about these numbers, you may want to write these down, every three to five days to keep their supply on hand. So you're looking in a month, uh, people are spending about, you know, $80, right? Uh, 70 to 80 bucks, right? Uh, in a month. So it's it's not a small amount of money if you're a working person, It's just, and that's just for the baby formula. And now, if you are, you know, middle class, working class, uh, what's interesting is because of the demands placed on mothers, right, it's not like they're living in some idyllic environment in a village like I visited in India or, uh, you, you know, your husband is the only uh, uh, w- uh, a person working and you can uh, live on uh, one individual's income. You know, mothers are working right. And um, or they have stresses. So only 25 percent of infants are. Um, are exclusively best breastfed through the six months, meaning that most mothers um, need formula, and they were and they were affected by this "quote unquote" shortage. Okay, so let me repeat that again: only 25 percent of infants um, are breastfed exclusively. Breastfed through this six months, which means the other 75 percent, because of the demands placed on working people, um, they don't. You know, uh, the child is not getting uh, the nutrients uh, from breast milk. Okay, so those are some important facts. Now, in the Uh, United States, right, 10 to 15% of the mothers um, have also low breast milk supply. And so, and many of the infants, because they have specific food allergies that preclude them um, from most other feeding alternatives, right? So you have infants who have food allergies, and you have 15%. So again, another reason that people are driven to these formulas. Again, we're not talking about other real alternatives. We'll do that in another uh, discussion. So, what happened was when these when these uh, uh, storage, uh, I'm sorry, the quote unquote shortage took place, uh, some of the stores also p- imposed buying limits. Um, but this didn't really solve the problem. It only managed um, the scarcity, which you're going to realize was really, in my view, fabricated by the inefficiency of a system, which is based on the left and right colluding um, to create monopolistic. Vehicles, so you protect Wall Street and a few companies, and this shortage is frankly fabricated. Okay, and it really was an attack on working people. And in fact, um, you're going to see how these large corporations, a few of them, profited from these uh, from these um, shortages. Okay, now the crisis, as in many crises that occurred, whether it's whatever is created, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's the issues of Uh, a a shortage or it's it's the issue of a banking regulation ultimately really affects the small consumer, the small entrepreneur, the, the working person, right? That's who it affects. If you're super wealthy, you can handle regulations or, you know, you'll figure out some other way to get your milk, right? And the wealthy always have a way, but typically this affects everyday working people. And what's interesting is Abbott Labs holds the exclusive supplier contracts, okay? With, we're gonna talk about, we'll come back to this, it's called the Women's Infants and Children Supplemental Food Programs, also known as WIC, W-I-C, and everyone should research this, okay? So the Women's Infants and Children Supplemental Food Program, which is supported by the government, which is to really be able to get uh, 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 these infant formulas uh, to people, they have exclusive supplier contracts with four companies, one of them being Abbott. Which means to put it in a very simple way, the government has created exclusive supplier contracts with four or five major, large mega companies. And so 50% of working people, poor people, rely on these WIC programs to get those infant formulas, which means you're essentially handing over monopolies to a few companies and that's and we're going to talk about how that was created by these quote unquote regulations um uh you know orchestrated by the left and the right so these WIC purchases make up half which means the government supplemental food programs half of all the formula sales nationwide and the access to these infant formula is one of the primary Benefits of the WIC program. And in fact, listen to this, almost 50% of all infants born in the United States rely on the service. So 50% of all infants born rely on the WIC program and the WIC program has created virtual monopolies with four or five companies, okay? So that's what's going on. And this has been done by both left and right. Very, very complex systems from, but that's what you have. Um, so you have to ask, so you have to ask if, if the establishment is so smart, has so many intelligent people, how the hell can something like this occur? I mean, they should have redundancy, they should have uh, uh, ways to protect people, but remember that most of these are going to working people. So frankly, in system science, we say that these programs, these systems are brittle. They're not resilient. You may wanna write those two words down, and in our systems course and Foundations of Systems, uh, we talk about this. You when you, t- when you really understand systems, you understand resilient systems. Uh, and resilient systems, by the way, are decentralized systems. Okay? So you don't have just four producers of something. You have hundreds of thousands of producers of something. Okay? Not just one. That's called decentralization. But those in power do not want decentralization of anything. They want centralization because centralization leads to corruption. It leads to consolidation. It supports power, profit, and control. But if the system requirement was decentralization, we would never have had this problem. Okay. So the establishment for themselves, they create very, very resilient systems. But for the rest of the world, they create brittle systems. So they don't give a damn about whether these infants uh, survive or not. They create these brutal systems as I have, okay? And um, so um, now the claim is if this is such an important industry that's so important for everyday working people to survive, you know, and, you know, don't you think that they would made these systems totally um, non-brutal resilient. And furthermore, for many, many years, you know, there's been lots and lots of safety issues with these formulas, they found high levels of, dangerous levels of arsenic and lead and cadmium and mercury um, in in many of these common baby food brands, okay? That are sold in these US stores, okay? So it's not like this problem has not ex- uh, existed in terms of the constitutive materials that make up these formulas. And by the way, the arsenic, the lead, the cadmium and the mercury um, are things that lead to cancer, neurodevelopmental uh, issues, kidney issues, right? Uh, all sorts of osteoporosis, immune system deficiencies, lung uh, disease, and you wonder why our young people are having all these problems. But anyway, um, these have also been known. Now, when we're talking about the quote unquote, the recent crisis that took place, this actually occurred because in one of the Abbott labs, again, and in, interesting enough in Michigan, okay, where the Flint, Michigan uh, took place, um, they found um, there were actually four complaints received uh, by the FDA, of a Chronobacter, C-R-O-N-O-B-A-C-T-R, infection, between September 2021 and January 2022. And in fact, two babies uh, died uh, from this infection. And now, f- four infants had actually consumed the Abbott formula. So it was the Abbott lab, it was the Abbott uh, factory which produced this, which had this uh, bacterial infection. Now, think about it. This is a multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company which also is in the baby formula business you would think they would make their factories you know top-notch six sigma right ISO 9001 all those very important certifications they wouldn't even have this issue given the amount of investments that they were putting into it and the the uh, FDA claims they'd already been working on some of the supply chain issues in the industry they were aware of this and what when Abbott found out about this or when they got involved in this, they did a, quote unquote, a voluntary recall and they shut down its Michigan factory. OK, so that was the events leading to the shortage. Right. You have Abbott Labs, which is one of the uh, the about the four or five big suppliers. They had a bacterial um, infection being reported. Two babies died and then that plant was shut down. And that led to this Um that led to this so-called you know, uh, shortage, all right? So one of the important things to understand is that not long before, not long after there were some initial reports of these infections in these infants, a Abbott employee, actually became a former Abbott employee, had sent a whistleblowing document to the FDA and other agencies concerning that Michigan facility. And the employee was fired for his, you know, bringing this up. And there was a 34 page document which outlined the history um, of Abbott falsifying reports, you know, uh, uh, cleaning practices, right? B- bad cleaning practices, lack of traceability. So this was known out there, okay? And the important thing is the FDA really neglected to recognize these uh, issues uh, and the food safety issues. And in fact, the fact that there were damaged equipment, right? And they sort of, you know, look the other way. And uh, in this case, Abbott's uh, really um, should have, you know, properly maintained these mach- mach- machines and the piping and the drying and that exposed, because you're supposed to really dry all the equipment, that exposed the formula uh, to these uh, bacterial contamination. And so why did Abbott do this, right? Why wouldn't a multi-billion dollar company take care of this, right? Why wouldn't they address it? They got a ton of money, right? And so that really shows that for Abbott, this wasn't really a profit center that they really cared about. And you'll see that because they did actually a $5 billion stock buyback. So they had tons of money in their bank account and they could have set a small amount to go fix these problems, but they didn't. And the reason they didn't, we'll talk about this is for Abbott, This was a very small piece of their portfolio, okay? You know, the baby formula business was sort of over here making their pharma business and COVID testing was making most of their money. So when they heard about these, they didn't really have any incentive to really fix this, okay? And um, you have to understand, and we'll get more into this, but at a high level, the entire market for baby formula is really what we call a cartel. It's, It's like the oil cartel. Abbott owns 43% of the market share, and their only competitors are Mead, Johnson, and Nestle, okay? I thought it was more than that. Basically, only three, okay? And leading up to this crisis, as I mentioned, it's not like Abbott was low on cash. They actually, uh, a few months before this crisis, they had actually spent $5 billion, Abbott, and they bought back. And remember, a lot of that $5 billion was generated from se- them selling COVID test kits, Okay. So they made like a bandit out on COVID. They had a ton of cash. They could have easily cleaned up the Michigan site, but they didn't, okay? But they did buy back stock, right? They gave a lot back to their investors. They serviced the dividends and they didn't spend anything on their real needs. Okay, so that's the background. We're gonna go more into the details of the WIC program. We're gonna go more into the details of the real two, driving factors when you follow the money. But before I do that, I want all of you to recognize you've got to let go of the left and right narrative. Look, I keep telling that the problems of the world are engineering systems problems. They are not political left-wing, right-wing problems. If you do that, you're basically playing into stupidity and supporting one idiot or another idiot. We as citizens need to raise our consciousness. We need to take a systems approach, understanding these problems. And I keep emphasizing, I keep quote unquote advertising to you guys, please take the course. I've made it accessible. Pre- please become a warrior scholar. Um, go to vashiva.com join so you can become enlightened. So you're not just relying on me to do these systems analysis. Okay. But anyway, let's look at how the left and the right reacted to this. Okay. The left and the right. The left and the right bullshitted everyone. OK, one wing of the establishment, let's call it the Democrat wing, the Democrat wing was, you know, uh, trying to let's do one kumbaya. Right. Let's bring the retailers and the manufacturers. What so Biden did, you know, and he and he decided, let's talk about how we work together, you know, to, to solve this problem, we're all you know. Biden kept kept saying we're all in this together. That was sort of the PR that the left or the Democrats put out, and he was really appealing to these monopolists, the three four companies, to work together um, to really solve this problem. And he never really. Threatened their profits. Did he? He didn't go to Wall Street and say, you know what? I'm gonna do this, this, and this. You guys are gonna pay for what you did. And that was never done because I'm sure Biden and Nancy Pelosi and uh left and right, Jared Kushner and Yvonne Kutcher, whatever you want to look at, the left and the right wing both own stocks in these companies. So they're never gonna go bite the hand that feeds them. They just said, Oh, let's all work together. We're one big, and that was the left. Um, things saying, you know, we don't want it to, but they never wanted to threaten the profits of these companies. And this was sort of, you know, no real pressure. And it was about, let's bring everyone together, uh, to, to rectify. And this is what the politicians do on one wing. You know, we're all going to work together, right. But they never make people accountable. Okay. So that's the left approach. What did the right do in this crisis? Well, the right, uh, took this quote unquote, they wanted to rile up all the right wing, right? And they wanted to make it a culture war, right? And you had congressmen saying, you know, um, we got to make sure the baby formula goes to Americans before it goes to illegals, right? That's what they said. You know, Um, and this was a complete bullshit misdirection, because I'm sure these congressmen had stock investments in all these, be it Nestle, or be it Abbott, or be it, Uh, me johnson right they're never going to attack again the hand that feeds them because i'm sure both wings um have gotten and i haven't done the research probably have both wings and someone should go go look at nestle go look at uh abbott go look at me johnson i'm sure they fund both wings of the establishment so they never really addressed the real issue the monopolies which we're going to talk more about they never addressed the fact that the fda looked the other way so the right wing started blaming illegals right blame the mexicans when in trouble right and um the reality is in my view if you want to take a compassionate view everyone you know every baby whether you're wherever you're from deserves to eat right but instead of taking that view they one wing blames the illegals the other view does this kumbaya nonsense right so that's what how the left and right took place right and uh, by the way we have to understand one point i want to make is Remember, they call it baby formula, but baby formula is not just for baby formula. Whether, again, we're not discussing the merits of baby formula, we, we'll do a whole side cytosol analysis. There are many people who have other types of disorder who are not just babies, 14, 15 old teenagers who have, let's say, some brain issues, right? They rely on uh, baby formula through uh, feeding tubes, right? Um, so many people beyond just Babies rely on this formula for better or worse, okay? And um, of the companies, as I mentioned, um, there's actually, I just want to correct myself, there's four companies, okay? Abbott, uh, Nestle, uh, Perigo, P-E-R-I-G-O, and me, Johnson, they actually control 98%, 98, um, and Abbott controls around 40 of the baby formula in the United States. So about four companies, control 98% of the baby formula. There is not like you and I cannot get into the baby formula business. Isn't that interesting? Suppose I came up with a healthy, organic, alternative way um, to feed. It would be so expensive for me to get into this industry because of the regulatory framework that's been put in place that you or I cannot really get into this. And that's a very, very important point. Yes, as uh, Kathy Travis says, Yes, it's a monopoly, right? And someone also says, yes, elderly use this too, okay? There we go, right? Thank you for that uh, uh, clarification. But as Kathy says, it's a monopoly, okay? So that's the first thing we got to get. Four companies control the supply chain. And this was brought to you by the left and the right, all right? Don't just put it on the left. Don't just put it on the right. That's being stupid. Let's put take a systems approach to understand what's going on, okay? So... What's also important to understand is um, that the FDA, when this bacterial infection took place, really looked the other way. Then they did their own investigation, um, but they really didn't do a thorough job, okay, of this entire thing. So it wasn't like they were all in it to find out what was actually going on. All right. So now, I've alluded to the monopoly. I've talked about the fact how the left and the right, when this crisis took place, they didn't really address a central issue. And we're going to get to that central issue. I've just given you sort of glimpses about it. But before I go to that, let me talk about WIC. WIC. You may want to write this down. What is WIC? Okay, WIC is is really how uh, the, quote, unquote, this this shortage took place. And... um, you know, one of the things we need to understand is that this dates back, um, The WIC dates back to 1972. You may want to write that down when it was the program, WIC, which means Women's Infant Children Supplemental Nutrition Program, SNAP some people call it, but SNP, Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, WIC. Today, known as WIC, was created in 1972. It was a federal program that was created in 1972 to feed infants. Okay, and the USDA, the U.S. Department of you know uh, Agriculture, um, they're also involved. This they estimate that WIC accounts for more than, as I mentioned, half of the country's infants' formula. So, through WIC, 50 percent of the infants get fed. Okay. It's a supplemental nutrition program, okay? And 50% of American babies rely on the WIC program and are eligible eligible for it as of 2018, 2018, okay? So if you take 50% of the babies right now, they rely on WIC to get them that infant formula, all right? All right, so you have the babies here, 50%. They rely on WIC to get them the infant formula. Well, where did the infant formula comes from? Well, it comes from those four companies which have monopolistic relationships with them because of the regulatory framework would wiped out everyone else couldn't offer it. So it's highly, highly centralized, okay? So WIC therefore, W-I-C is crucial in this model, government program uh, in the infant formula market. And it was really structured in such a way that it led to these monopolies. And how did that happen? And that's in the majority of the United States. So the majority of the United States, there are either it's one company in that state, which owns all the formula rights uh, to distribution rights. So in 1989, for example, it was Congress that mandated that all states, listen to this very carefully, Congress, the same politicians are being the lobbyists fund these guys from those four or five major companies that they mandated that all states adopt competitive bidding for their WIC program, right? Quote, unquote, nudge, nudge competitive bidding. And under that law, that federal law, states were required to award a contract to the lowest bidder. So you take all the states, so let's take the state of Massachusetts, right? According to this, they had to do competitive bidding. So let's say, Four companies compete. But at the end of the day, um, the law states that you had to award it to the lowest bidder. All right? So if you're a big company like Abbott and you're making billions of dollars from pharmaceutical sales, you could probably outbid somebody else. So in most cases, this only left one company control of the entire state's WIC formula allocation. So remember, so if you take Massachusetts, 50% of the infants are getting... Their formula from WIC, and that and one state controlled all of that. Okay. So which means if you look at all 50 states, there was typically one company which did the lowest bid and got the entire contract. Okay. So think about that. One state controlled, it's not decentralized, highly, highly centralized. The elites, as we talk about in our course, love a principle called centralization. They do not want decentralization. Just like I, I, when I did the free speech analysis, right? the government has centralized the surveillance of our speech with the four big tech companies. Okay? So that's what occurred here. So this law, which actually benefited the monopolies, which is why Congress passed that law, because they're all getting paid off by these guys. And I'm sure uh, everyone can go trace this, right? So what ends up happening was Abbott has become the major player through the system. With the company now providing, right, the formula for nearly half of the babies covered by WIC nationwide. So half of the babies in any state or half of the rely on WIC and half of that Monopoly in the the state is, is the, at least half in any state, uh, half of those babies, uh, um, uh, WIC is, uh, Abbott is supplying, okay? So, the monopolies, basically WIC, created by Congress, literally created monopolies. Let me repeat that again. WIC, created by all these freaking politicians, left and right, who voted for it created monopolies for four major for wall street left and right work together please don't vote for any of these foolish guys and remember i'm telling you this that we've talked about election systems outsiders can never win these elections because if you're truly an outsider and you want change you're for decentralization of power all right so the rigging of the system is done in collusion between the left and the right Both of them working together. And that's what's wonderful about this example to see. You're witnessing it right here in real time. So these monopolies were created by Congress. So, and it's very hard uh, for any other brand. Let's say you and all of us on this, the 500 of us, we wanted to start our own company to break into this. And even if you want to be just a small player in the industry, you need the WIC contract. So think about that. If you and I wanted to start a baby formula company today, there's no way we're going to survive without getting a WIC contract. But the WIC contract is given to the lowest bidder. Suppose we made a great organic formula with great nutrients, better than all that crap out there with arsenic cadmium that the other guys are putting. We're never going to be able to win one of those WIC awards because it's only given to the lowest bidder. Everyone get what I'm saying? It's only given to the lowest bidder. So a entrepreneur company like you or I who want really to have healthy babies and we create some great formula, we're never even going to be able to ever survive. Okay. Okay. Someone just said this, we're living with Dems wanting centralized, everything, but remember JM, Lisa, this was also brought to you by the Republicans. Don't let the Republicans off the hook. I know we have a lot of people, um, who previously took a potentially a right approach, whatever, But please don't let the Republicans are right off the hook. All right? You're basically playing into one wing. You're in the WEF um, model, okay, of wrestling. All right? So so the important thing is these WIC contracts play a very, very big role in uh, a formula maker does in a given state and other consumers as well. So when a, a manufacturer gets a deal with the WIC contract, it boosts, Uh, sales of its product, you know, to the non-WIC consumers, according to a study that was done by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, right? So the opposite is also true, which means when a manufacturer loses a WIC contract, its market share in the non-WIC segment drops dramatically. So for example, if if you look in 2007, um, and this is a wonderful example, California had um, they had the contract, the monopoly was given to Abbott. Okay. So the WIC contract, so 50% of all the babies, let's say in California were fed by Abbott. They had the monopoly. And when they switched to me, Johnson, um, what's fascinating is Abbott's market share to the WIC cons- consumers and the non-WIC Drop from 90% to 5%. Okay. So let me explain what I'm saying. So, in a state, remember there's two sets of baby formula consumers the poor who need WIC, and then the people who don't need WIC, the, let's say, the middle class. Okay. They have enough money, so they don't need the supplemental nutritional program. But if you're Abbott and you have the monopoly in California, so the, 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 not only are the WIC consumers buying Abbott formula, but also the non-WIC, okay? So Abbott essentially has a monopoly, not only on the poor buying their formula, but also the middle class. And the instant that uh, California switched from Abbott to Mead Johnson, guess what? You see this massive revenue drop for not only Abbott's WIC consumers, but also their non-WIC. So you're basically giving these companies a total virtual Monopoly on the WIC and the non-WIC. I hope that's clear. Okay? It's basically congressional people granting Abbott, me, Johnson, or Perigo, or uh, Nestle exclusivities. And think about how money flows. There's Republicans in one state, Democrats in another state. By the way, someone says, what about goat's milk? Goat's milk is a very, very nutritive thing. You know, when I was growing up in India, just a quick aside, my mom and I were very sick. My dad thought we were both going to die when I was born. And, and my mom was not able to breastfeed, me. <laughs> getting a little personal. But I survived on goat's milk. Goat's milk, by the way, the molecular size of goat's milk is very closely close to um, a breast milk. But anyway, quick aside. But I hope you're understanding that it's the left and the right in all these states, give these guys monopolies. Okay? That's what's really going on. All right. So now that we've gotten that, uh, it's, it's important to understand that uh, one of the studies showed that when they looked at 30 states where manufacturers had won WIC contracts, they experienced an average, listen to this, 18-point increase in market share among the non-WIC consumers. OK, so if they um, uh, won- when they won the WIC contract, the 18 percent increase in the non-WIC consumers. Right. While the other manufacturers who lost their contract ex- experienced a 19 percent decline. So bottom line, it, 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 I want to impress on you that the government worked with big manufacturers to create these monopolies. OK, and so you can really think about it. I, I haven't done the research, but when Abbott, it went from Abbott in California to me, Johnson, it would be very interesting for any one of you to go see who they funded. Did me, Johnson fund one politician over another? Right. Why did it suddenly switch? Okay. So it'd be very important to go look at those kinds of connections from a systems approach. So this, so the bottom line is. The, this kind of market concentration when you really think about it um, think about what it does from a system standpoint. We in system science, we in system science look at the world as two different kinds of systems brittle systems, which means a system that is very centralized that can break uh, very easily okay you base if you basically if these four companies blew up you're done. okay that's called a brittle system. When the internet was created, The Pentagon was thinking about how do you create a computer network that could be resilient? So one model was, the old model was hub and spoke. You had a central network, you know, and then you had a few spokes. Well, the problem is, if a nuclear bomb took out that central network, your network is gone, right? Or that central computer. The internet was peer-to-peer and we created a network, decentralized. That is called a resilient system, decentralized. But what they've created here is a highly centralized system. It's a highly brittle system. So, duh, you're gonna create shortages. And you have to wonder, that means why would you create brittle systems? You would create brittle systems because you don't give a damn about the people that you serve. Okay. So this was designed by the elites because they don't give a damn about everyday people. Okay. Because super wealthy people, they're probably gonna pay some woman to breastfeed their kids. We don't know, right? They can afford that. Okay. So the 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 shortage. Um, really brings out the fact that, um, you know, all of this started when Abbott, one of the suppliers, one of those four, had that bacteria issue. So think about this. Even with this consolidation, among those four, when one of them had a problem, it created this problem because that's the consolidation of that centralization. That's what it does. When one of the four members of the cartel had a problem, it created this, okay? That's important to understand, all right? So that even the FTC, you know, a couple of weeks ago told the panel that uh, now they were going to look at how mergers, right, contributed to this fragile state, right? But we know many of the people in the FTC and the FDA and all these people who are part of the politicians. They'll say this in words, but they really don't care. So the important point is just one plant, just one plant, the Michigan plant from Abbott, just that being impacted among the four people in the cartel had a whole uh, effect on the entire supply chain, okay? So that's the important takeaway. With the WIC piece, with these monopolies, right? Um, It's essentially created a situation that you have these monopolies, okay? Now, the other interesting thing to point out, how the left and the right work together, the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement that was adopted by the Trump administration in 2020 also restricted infant formula imports from any other country, okay? And this was a part of an effort to protect the U.S. dairy farmers from being undercut from Canadian rivals, okay? So on the front face, that looks like a pretty good deal, right? But remember, this, again, helps create these massive monopolies. And all of this was really meant at the end of the day to have a few brands have massive control of the U.S. formula market. That's really the takeaway, okay? That's really what you want to take away from this. Now, theoretically, if you remember the antitrust laws that were passed during the 20s and the 30s, um, which haven't been enforced, by the way, which have not been enforced because of the insider trading at left and right. This is why this was created. Again, I keep harping on this. When you take a systems approach, you realize it's about power, profit, and control. It's not about truth, freedom, or health. It's about a few set of people not enforcing any of the laws because they want to support the people who pay them off on the left and the right, okay? On the left and the right. They support the dairy farmers. By the way, the dairy farmers in the United States are not Joe who runs a little dairy farm. It's massive conglomerates, okay? There's probably four or five guys who own that business, all right? So this is not about everyday Joe Farmer who they were protecting or Trump was protecting, okay? Um, and it's, um, you know, very, very hard for anyone else to get into this, okay, market. Um, in fact, there was a company called By Heart. B-Y-H-E-R-T, And they try to get into the market, right? It took them many, many years to even get approval. And um, their co-founder said it was very complex to fill out all this paperwork. It took them, you know, know, they had to invest millions into even getting into this market. So the bottom line is um, it's very hard for outsiders to get into this market. It's near impossible for you or I to get into this market. Okay, so what I want to do now is putting all these pieces together from a systems approach. I want to now talk about follow the money. Okay, follow the money. And before I do that, I'm just going to take a quick water break and I'm going to come right back. And again, I want to emphasize to all of you, please become a system scientist. So you don't have to rely on me to, quote unquote, lead you into these analyses i want all of you to be able to do this please take the systems course i'll be right back in two minutes going to get a glass of water but just wait because i'm going to now do follow the follow the money analysis and what the real solution is so we're not done we have another 20 minutes to go uh 15 20 minutes to go but listen to this video hopefully it'll inspire you to become a truth freedom and health warrior and join the movement here we go we have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to V.A. Shiva, Victory America Shiva, V.A. Shiva.com. All right, everyone. So I hope, uh, That was inspirational. A lot of people like that video, but it inspires you to recognize that we have to all uh, raise our consciousness and the problems of the world are not going to be solved by left or right. The problems of the world are going to are complex. You need to have an engineering mindset and engineers, working people, plumbers, electricians, all we have to roll up our sleeves and actually look at what the real problem is. And this takes effort. And politicians aren't going to do it, whether it be any of these problems they are always going to try to come up with a quick solution, which is never the real solution, and uh, try to split all of us into left and right and hype it up. And then they create crises, hype it up a little bit. Uh, One guy gets one set of votes, the other guy gets another set of votes, and then the crises go away and the real problem is never solved. But our goal in our movement is to really enlighten you on how to go solve these problems, and the only way to do that, if you take a systems approach. So you're given a huge opportunity and please take it. I can't say any more um, but that. And I put a lot of effort into creating this course in a community. So if you go to uh, vashiva.com join, take the Foundations of Systems course. Um, I used to teach this for 2,600, 2,700 bucks. We've given a full scholarship, essentially a full one. You pay hundred bucks. And you can use it, and you can give it to any of your children for free. Any anyone, any child between the age of thirteen to eighteen. Once you take the course, give it to any any child that you want. So the goal is to educate our young people to take a systems approach. And as I mentioned earlier, you can also get the book System and Revolution absolutely free. Um, just cover shipping and handling. So anyway, please take advantage of that. It's really for you, and I hope you do that for yourselves and your family. All right. So I want to, as I mentioned. I want to now follow the money, okay? Because when you take a systems approach, when you do all the interconnections, it lets you really understand the market dynamics and who's really making out like a bandit because ultimately, um, people will do these distractions, blame illegals, or uh, as I said, uh, make you think you know, it's all about people coming together. But the reality is the problem never gets addressed unless you know what the real problem is. So what's, what's the real issue here? What you find out is that first... That, uh, this was a crisis that people knew was coming. Okay. They should have been prepared, but they don't care. Okay. They knew that the baby formula is a monopoly. Um, and it's a partner. It's a partnership between the FDA and the Department of Agriculture. So you have the three or four major companies, the FDA and the Department of Al- Agriculture all working together. And obviously Congress supports all this because they get paid by all of the company's lobbyists. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Abbott controls 43% of the baby formula in the United States. They go under the names Similac, Alimentum, and Elicare. Um, and Abbott and Mead Johnson control 80%. And if you take Abbott, Mead Johnson, and Nestle, that's a 98%. So the real problem, the real issue, is not that there's not enough formula. Okay, so let's get that clear. There is not like there's not enough formula. OK, that's not the issue. And if anyone ever tells you that, it's total BS. And I hope that's the most important takeaway you you take from this. The real issue is there's centralization. OK, monopoly of the distribution system. And when you have centralization like that, the elites can create shortages um, in specific states. That's what's really happened. And that's what I if you go back and review what I talked about with the WIC partnership that they did okay and there's really two basic mechanisms in how this is created the first is the congress and the lobbies through corruption have created regulations to protect you supposedly for safety so no newcomers can ever come into the market so that's step 1 you may want to write that down it's a regulatory artificial regulatory framework that's done that is really nice to the existing people but doesn't let new people come in. The second is that the federal government buys more than half of the baby formula in the market under the pretension that they're going to support competitive bidding, right? And in fact, what that does is the lowest bidder gets the monopoly, okay? So think about what they've done. The federal government gets involved, They said, oh, we want to get the best competitive bidding. You see, it all sounds good on paper, but what competitive betting leads to is one person gets it. So in a state, you don't have like 10 makers. You just have one guy, okay? And Congress has designed that, but they sell it to the public. Oh, you know, we had a competitive bid. It's all bullshit, okay? Now, so again, it makes it impossible for any newcomers to come into you, create a brittle system, highly centralized, okay? Okay. And if you look at the last Abbott call that took place, they had their Wall Street reporting earnings report. And you would think in the midst of a crisis like this, Abbott would be, oh my God, we have this major crisis. What do we do on their earning calls? And you would probably think that their stock would go down, right? So think about Abbott has a major crisis. They control nearly 50% of the market. It's all out there that this baby shortage, would you not think... That the market forces would ding Ab- Abbott, and their 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 stock would go down. Well, did that in fact happen? Well, re- what well, what really happened was Abbott said that oh, this was just a short term issue, no big deal, move along, nothing to see here. And in fact, Abbott's shares rose by two point four percent, and because and and Wall Street didn't do anything to them not even one analyst said anything against Abbott. You know why? Because Abbott is making billions of dollars on many other things, right? Their COVID testing, medical devices, healthcare, right? And this nutritional baby segment is a very small piece. So basically a very large company where the nutritional piece is a small piece gets to have the monopoly. It's not like you and I where we really care we could start an organic food company for... Uh, as uh, you know something that could work it can only be controlled by the big guys and again wall street gave them an increase in their stock price in the middle of all this which means all the congressional people who have equity in these companies did really really well okay someone said short term everything is transfer i remember inflation is too (laughs) yeah they have it in cycles all right so fda and agriculture and wall street all benefited these guys okay and again, it's a shared monopoly. All right. So in closing, I hope you understand what's really going on here. OK, we have a complete control of the formula market by a few people. This was granted to them by Congress, and it was all branded as a way that we're doing competitive bidding. All right. And that's what's really been created. All right. This was all brought to you by the elites, and they don't give a damn about whether babies get fed or not. We've talked about the formulas have all sorts of uh, high risk, uh, heavy metals in them. And no one's really, you know, talked about it. And in the middle of all this, Abbott bought back nearly $6 billion worth of stock. They didn't put any of it to fix their dilapidated or their uh, machinery or their things that actually started this crisis. And I don't think they've yet to do that. You know, at least as far as I know, I haven't seen any indication of that. Okay. So I hope that gives you the real analysis. So what is the solution? What is the way forward, right? That we really um, can win on this, right? Um, uh, You know, what, what really needs to be done, okay? And when you really think about this and we step back, we have to recognize that as we talk about in our movement, as I shared in the previous video, it's only a bottoms up movement that's going to really change anything significant. Because who really got affected in all of this? Who got affected? Let's ask who actually got affected. People can comment. Who really got screwed over in this? Did Joe Biden? John, did Joe Biden? No, he's not really affected. Nope. Did Donald Trump? Did Ivanka's kids get screwed over in this? I don't think so. No. Right. No. Um, these the elites can go literally probably rent somebody and probably get milk from somebody. Right. Nursemaids, Nurse Right. They can pay for that. But who really got affected by this? Were working people. In fact, it was a worker at that factory. Thank you, John. Rell. it was a worker at the factory who lost his job. Who's the one who uh, whistle blew on this. Right. And he was fired for this. All right. Um, And no one and he's not uh, I don't I don't know if the guy was on Tucker Carlson or wherever, right, if he got any play. Right. But it was a whistleblower who brought this up, a working person in that factory. Working people are the ones who got screwed and working people are still getting screwed. And these systems are brittle. The financial systems are brittle. The political systems are brittle, which means highly centralized. Right. The baby formula systems are brittle. The car manufacturing systems are brittle. All the systems that the elites create for you and I are highly centralized, and so they are bound to have these issues. And the reality is, they don't care because, let's say we have some shortage. I'm sure all of these guys who uh, a gas shortage, they probably have their own uh, ways to sustain gas in underground uh, bunkers or whatever they have, right? So that that's what we need to understand that. Ultimately, these systems are not designed to be decentralized and resilient, right? They are designed so it's highly centralized, so they make money as bandits at our expense. And you and I, and, and take this away as a key thing, are fighting among each other, supporting one idiot or another idiot every recurrent election cycle. And we get... We get into that as like a sports team every two years. And then we say, oh, we have to get that person elected because Joe Biden is so bad. Or we have to get him elected because Trump is so bad. And it's just this bullshit. So we always take the lesser of two evils. We never go solve the real issue. I hope this analysis, the systems analysis has done two things. First, inspired you to get out of the left and right. But most importantly inspired you to become part of the Truth, Freedom, and Health movement, which is a movement for you to become leaders in your own communities, but start by really taking a systems approach beyond left and right. But you got to study. There's no way out of this without doing the analysis, putting the homework in. And I've made this course accessible so anyone on the planet can take it. You can afford it and you can give it to your kids. So I keep harping on this. Again, it's to really help you recognize that we need to build a movement, a bottoms-up movement that goes beyond left or right, okay? Yes. Yeah, so someone here says, people do not feel empowered to change systems. You have a point working with the grassroots. So, J.M. Lee said the other point here is that it's not just working, but you can't, even if you want to build a grassroots movement, you have to have the right theory, the theoretical framework. You have to have the systems approach. Our school systems don't teach this. So I, it took me, uh, you know, time to put this together, to articulate this, but I hope you recognize that the elites don't give a damn about you. They're creating systems which are based on power, profit, and control. It's not about truth, freedom, and health. And it's time that all of you learn this approach because, and I've organized this curriculum. So let me play this um, video that'll tell you what we're creating. We're creating the course curriculum, we're creating a worldwide community where you can learn with other people and uh, a way that you can get on the ground. You can take this knowledge, you can interact with people. It's not something you learn right away. You have to interact with people. OK, so let me play this and I'll come back for a summary. <laughs> one of them is a VA Shiva forum. Here you can start discussions. You can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is VA Shiva social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use VA Shiva social to interconnect with your fellow truth, freedom, health, warrior scholars, and build community beyond the education capability and the social media capability. The platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right, everyone. Uh, I hope this... uh, Uh, was valuable. I'm just trying to finish up something right here. I just took a quick break here as you guys are off. Anyway, I I hope this is valuable for all of you. And we will be doing more of these systems analysis. Please go to truthfreedomhealth.com or vhuv.com slash join. I I look forward to seeing you in our, we do many, many events. We have uh, open houses that we do. We do uh, warrior scholar meetings. uh, But we really are building a community to take a systems approach beyond left and right. Uh, to really elevate the discourse so we create uh, people who don't get exploited anymore. And the only way forward is to to going beyond left and right. So I hope this analysis with the baby formula shortage gives you a glimpse of how we can really try to understand issues beyond left and right. And so have a good evening and be well. And let me just play the closing logo, right? Where is it? Here. Thank you. Be well.